hello and welcome to the latest edition of World Radio Gardening's podcast. This edition brought to you by Bayer Garden. Well, it's gloves off, or perhaps it should be gloves on, as spring approaches and a season of hard work in the garden. Ken Crowther's in the strawberry patch with Anita from Bayer Garden. I bet you've got a lovely bit of strawberries at home, have you? I do. I love strawberries. They're quintessential, <laughs> aren't they? Summer fruit. They're just lovely. I, I have got... I have got a few plants in a small in a small bed. How many years do you grow them just out of interest? About three or? Yeah, they tend to kind of lose their vigour after that time, and, and it's quite easy to take the small plantlets from the runners and then off you go again. Plant right? those, yeah, and then keep them maybe for a year, year or two, and then then they're good enough to fruit from. Now we're in a garden here that Which? I would describe as a well, it's a courtyard garden, even though it's got an aggregate on a lot of the area. Yeah. Couldn't have a bed in here, could we? We could not have got really. No, room. no, you wouldn't have a lot else in the garden. So how how do you think we should grow them here? Well, you could. I mean, there are there are a couple of ways that you could do it. I mean, obviously in containers. Mm. Uh, you could even, I suppose, put them in hanging baskets as well. Oh, that works quite well. That yeah. would be quite nice. But something else that I that I thought was quite interesting, a little bit quirky, and perhaps in keeping with. Uh, you know things that people are interested in a bit more is putting them in something like um i don't know drain pipe yeah that would work you could you could plant up a drain pipe with strawberry plants because the plants when you put them in are quite small and they would tumble over they would exactly Mm. they'd they'd tumble over and then you could secure them horizontally or a jaunty angle even if you're careful (laughs) on the wall or or a fence line something like that and you could even line a group of them up couldn't you make a sort of group of drain pipes yeah you could have them one underneath each other yeah there's no reason why not so really what we're saying is put them into a container drain pipes is a great idea because it's different yeah what sort of compost would you use i mean i like john innes in that sort of situation would you yeah i think something that's got a bit of drainage in it so something with a bit of low a more of a loam base but I, you just need to be you need to be careful of the overall weight of them yeah. particularly when they're watered because obviously you have the added weight then of the water so you want to make they're supported make sure that the brackets that you're using are going to be sufficient and also if you're putting it into a fence that you can actually drill through where the fence post are is so it's a bit of a... So can uh, support it. Yeah, but, um, yes, it's thicker wood. Now, the other thing is that they're freely available at this time of year, aren't they? I mean, you've got, you know, strawberry plants are easy to get hold of. You can get yeah. mail order, garden centres, nurseries, everywhere. Yeah, this car boot sales even, everyone's oh, selling strawberry everywhere. plants. <laughs> Nothing like a strawberry plant. Uh, will you get strawberries off them this year? You will, won't you? You should do, yeah. Now, people say you're supposed to pick the fruit off in the first year. I've never done that, have you? I just eat them. No, I, I, I just them enjoy them. them. Yeah, I mean, if you've got them in a bed, then you know that you've got them for a few years. You can replant the plantlets from the runners. So yeah, you, you've just got a continual succession. So whilst you've got some smaller ones from maybe from the previous year, you could perhaps afford to remove the fruit from that if you wanted to because you've got the bigger plants from... Producing the better fruit. Exactly, yeah. But what sort it's of not... pests do we have to look out for in strawberries, though? I don't think that they they get a little bit of aphid, um, and I think really that's pretty much all they get in terms of insect damage. They do get botrytis, of course, unfortunately, and you can get a little bit of frost damage occasionally to the to the flowers. So fleecing them if you're going to get frost. If you're going to get a bit of frost. So really, you're talking about botrytis, and that's really the most important thing is to keep them 
a bit of air around them and, and perhaps a bit of... We always say straw, but no one's got straw. I mean, you can use any sort of... You could use fleece or some membrane to just keep them off the ground, isn't it? Keep them dry? Yeah, I think, I think that's the idea of it. So that with the straw, I suppose traditionally it was more readily available. I mean, you can buy bales of straw. I mean, you'd need to grow a lot of strawberry plants to, to utilise a bale of straw for, for storing up the strawberries. Um, but I think the idea of that, isn't it, is to lift the fruit off the ground to stop, well, slugs and snails, of course, well, you get. We forgot them, didn't we? On yeah. the ripe fruit, I'm just thinking of the plants themselves, but on the fruit, they're devils on, on mm. the ripe fruit. Yeah, so lifting them off the ground slightly. Obviously, then they're not as gritty, so you get a lot of rain, you get rain splash, and you get grit sometimes on the fruit. So to minimise that, and increasing the airflow as well Keeps within the... Exactly. So, and I think straw looks... I like it. I think restoring. Tell you, you can nice, cheat a bit. You, you can go out and buy bunny bed and use use hay. It works could. nearly as well. Yeah. It? And you only have to buy yeah. a little bit of that. Don't yeah. You? Yeah. Just <laughs> lastly, if we, if we're looking after strawberries, we've enjoyed eating strawberries. You know, pre-Wimbledon perhaps this year even because it's a bit early. Um, not Wimbledon, I mean the strawberry <laughs> crop. And then um, all we have to do really is remove dead leaves and old fruit, isn't it? Really, at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I think I think that's all you need to do. Really, just keep an eye on the on the on the plants maybe go through them just to make sure that they're Keep them tidy yeah and just make sure that you know they haven't got fallen foul of vine weevil uh, grubs now if if we've um, if we've got um, strawberries growing in in pots and either or in the ground but in the pot they're going to need a bit more food aren't they so we mustn't forget that must we no and i think because they're they're quite quick growing they're quite um, productive plants particularly when you've got you know fresh mm. crop of uh, strawberry plants um something a liquid plant food would be, better, be really beneficial yeah be much more readily taken up and can be then directed directly to the um the fruit that's coming on so something like baby bio outdoor of um, fruit and veg would be ideal it's got biostimulants in it as well which helps the plant utilize the nutrients available to it both in the plant food and also in the soil or the compost that they're planted in so all we need is bit of food bit of water and plenty of sun Sunshine. to give the flavor yeah, and then nice can't we enjoy our strawberries you so. do need them in a, in a quite a nice warm part of the garden a sunny part of the garden would be best to help encourage the fruit to come on and then obviously to ripen them and make them as sweet and succulent as possible. Something to look for. Oh, I can't wait. Well, it's a frightening but pleasant thought that it really won't be long before we're tucking into those strawberries, which makes the job of getting the garden ready all the more urgent. Have you started putting seeds in yet? We're into April. But what about your vegetables? Where are you planting them? Where are you putting those seeds? Perhaps you've got a small patio? You might even be using window boxes. You can do it, as Ken has been finding out. Or what about raised beds? They seem to be all the rage nowadays. Traditionally, people grew vegetables just in the ground, didn't they? Uh, you know, without raised beds, but which you can still do. There's nothing wrong with doing that, is it? Of course. No, absolutely. But haven't raised beds got an advantage, haven't they? Yeah. The soil's better. Yeah. Drainage is better. Easier to manipulate because you have got kind of, well, individual beds as opposed to... A plot. Exactly, yeah. Which exactly. you've got to then think about dividing up, whereas it's already divided. Yeah. No, I think they're a lot... And, and more accessible as well. They're just that little bit higher off the ground as well, which could be easier now, for I'm, some people. I'm going to mention this one, Anita, because mm. it's got broad bean growing in that end of the 
plot and they're yeah. really looking good. They're lovely they're in plants. I'm, yeah, I'm right. very nice. Should we pop back and have some broad beans? I, they're one of my favourite beans. <laughs> I'm definitely going to come back. <laughs> but let's, let's think seriously about how you grow vegetables. If, if you've got the chance of getting some timber and making raised beds, then you can improve the soil, can't you, by adding compost and importing decent soil. Yeah, that's the better way of doing it, and, it's, and they're easy to grow, then, aren't they? They are, and as you said, you can put in to the raised bed the compost, the the best compost that you can you afford do. or you can get hold yeah. of, and you could also add things like uh, well-rotted horse manure and things like that to add organic matter, because so many soils are are devoid of of uh, you know suitable amounts of organic matter and it's hard work digging it into a, an open plot mm. so to have these little individual cells if you like is a lot easier and you could have different types of soil in different beds. within different beds and you you know you could do mm. that so how do we decide what we want to grow i mean is it all do we have to be methodical and decide what we want or what's the decision making on what you grow i don't think there's any hard and fast rules i think you need to but (laughs) having said Said that (laughs) i think you might need because you've got a raised bed you have limited a finite amount of space so you do need to perhaps consider the type of vegetable that maybe doesn't dwarf a bed so you would need to buy or plant crops that give you a nice amount of edible that you want that you want but it, it you know, you can grow quite a bit of it mm. instead of, you know, some plants like broccoli plants, you know, they're quite, they can be quite large, so that would limit maybe the amount mm. of stuff that you could get in a bed. But things that perhaps are quite easy to grow, things that grow quite quickly um, and mm. that aren't too um, fussed mm. about weather conditions and things like and that. You can pop out from the kitchen and pop straight back in yeah. with the... With so I mean, we could we could grow carrot, couldn't we, in succession even, and lettuce later on. Yeah, I mean, as the season progresses, you could get you could have salad vegetables. I mean, you know, later on in the summer, people would be thinking about maybe salads a bit more with the barbecue and things like that. So you could have cut and come again lettuce or the um, spinach. You know, some other leaf uh, vegetables. I like baby spinach in my my salads. Yeah, there you are. There's there's a lot of leaf, salad leaf that you could could have. So think salad leaf, check what everybody likes in the household, of course, because you don't want to grow what they don't like. Yeah, there's no point in growing stuff that they don't (laughs) like. And also you want to encourage them to come out, particularly maybe the children. You know, so if you can grow things that they like to eat, you can encourage them and show them what happens, you know, as the plant grows and develops and they can go out and pick the vegetables or the tomatoes you know and bring them in it just it just so, links the whole thing up then so a bit later on as you said outdoor tomatoes have to watch a bit early for those but a bit later on we could get those in the ground here couldn't we? yeah there's no reason why not certainly you know middle end of may could get some reasonable sized plants from the garden center or local nursery or car boots <laughs> <laughs> everyone seems to, well, on the end Everybody of wants. someone's drive, you know, you often see little tables, don't you? Tomato plants, 50p or something like that. Then looking at another bed, you could actually grow a few root crops because you could grow beetroot, so you've got beetroot for your salads, couldn't you? And um, things like that, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, and also for later on in the season, you know, you could put in things like uh, parsnips, maybe turn, turnips are having turnips. a bit of a, making a bit of a renaissance. So I let think. those run through the winter. Yeah, so you? some of the winter crops, yes, that's right. So some of the crops that you could grow in the winter, like some of the root veg and also 
um, winter cabbage, mm. things like that. So think about what you like and then go out and buy the seeds or small plants. Small depending. plants, yeah. I mean, you know, not everyone's got a greenhouse or perhaps has the time to, to look after seedlings from seed. So you could go to a garden centre and, and buy the small plantlets in, in little um, cells and then pot them up yourself. Get them in the ground. Yeah. Now, just going on for that, I suppose we, for, if you've got, um, you know, we often look at small con, uh, small courtyard gardens. If you've got a courtyard garden, you can grow vegetables, of course, in containers, which we mustn't ignore because you can grow potatoes, you can grow carrots, you could grow lettuce, radish, you could grow all those things just in containers on a back patio or even a balcony, couldn't you? Yeah. And you could grow chard and things like that. Oh, yeah. so it's quite decorative, so you've got the decorative stems. I mean, it doesn't really. I don't really think there's anything that you couldn't grow in containers. Well, maybe broccoli would look a bit odd. It but there's no reason why. You could still grow it. Yeah, you could. Of course you could. Yeah. Now, we, you know, we're going to have to look out for common pests, aren't we? Yeah. But, I mean, what sort of pests do you get on with? I was going to go aphid, because aphid is one of the biggest problems. And slugs and snails. Slugs and snails, particularly when the, the plants are quite small and haven't maybe established... Um, can we stop those? Well, there are several ways that you can control slugs and snails. I mean, there are the traditional slug pellets or there um, slug pellets with um, iron in them. Um, but there are other things as well, sort of barriers, you know, crushed up shells, sand. Gritty sand. Gritty yeah. sand. If you've got things in pots, you could you could get the copper tape. You could put that around them. Some Vaseline people even put back, yeah, Vaseline yeah. or grease around them. Yeah, the pot, that's yeah. right. Watch them slide back down again. and. <laughs> So there are there are quite an array, and there's slug pubs, of course. I yeah. like that because I like my beer, so they'll have a little bit of beer in there. So look out early much. on for those. But then yeah. the other thing is, of course, do we need to feed? Because they're in a raised bed or in a container. How do we feed the vegetables? Yeah, I was going to come on to that. I mean, the uh, compost that you've put into the beds, if it's fresh compost for, for this season, will have a certain amount of nutrients in there and probably give you maybe four to six weeks worth of of nutrients but obviously as the plants grow and develop their requirement for nutrients is going to increase so you will need to add to the bed the, the plant food to the bed so in terms of um, majority of vegetables um, in beds like this I'd use a, a liquid plant food the baby bio outdoor fruit and vegetable works quickly is absolutely brilliant yeah it's a really high grade a liquid plant food with bio-nutrients in it. It's it's marvellous. They'll readily take up the nutrients within it and uh, help the plants mature and harvest. And I like the idea of the harvest. That's the bit I always look forward to, isn't yeah. it, you, Anita? That's the, that's the fun bit. Isn't it? I mean, it's all fun, but it's nice to kind of reap your rewards. You're listening to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Bayer Garden. Well, here we are into April. We've got the seeds in the ground, or we will have soon. And then all we need is a bit of sunshine, a bit of rain, and a bit of love. Just like the rest of us, hey? But with the sunshine and the rain, and perhaps a little bit of love, come the weeds. Here's Ken, speaking weeds with Anita. They come up every year, <laughs> don't they? Regardless of the weather conditions, but up they come. But it's been mild. Now, I, I, I nip around with a hoe um, and just hoe them off. If you do that once a week, you can keep it clean clear. How much time do you think people <laughs> no, have, Ken? I've got a small gun. No. <laughs> <laughs> Joking apart, I mean, you, you yeah. can eradicate. Well, no, you can't eradicate them, can you? But you can help to keep them down. You can certainly keep on top of them, yeah. if you like, or keep them down, yes. So, I mean, I've got, I've got a bed in the corner of my garden. I've planted shrubs, 
so thickly, they all grow into each other. I tell you what, you don't see a weed. That's, that works really well. That's a clever idea. And also, not only do you form that sort of canopy with the shrubs that you can't see any weeds, but you've also created perhaps quite a lot bit of shade. Mm. So it's more difficult for the weeds to grow. And if they do, then they tend to perhaps be a bit more leggy mm. and easier to get out if you do ever fancy going in, venturing in there and pulling them out. So what do you yep. do when you get into a flower garden? Because you can't, you know, how do you, how do you stop weed in a flower garden, do you think? Well, I suppose you could go in and, and uh, hand pull and things like that, but it, it might be a little bit tedious. It might be easier for a lot of people who haven't perhaps got the time to do that constantly is to just use a weed killer yeah yeah just a glyphosate weed killers pernicious weeds yeah on pernicious weeds you'd need a um a systemic weed killer so something with glyphosate in it so yeah now bedding again if you i mean imagine begonias or Mm. let me think or geraniums even if you plant them thick enough you wouldn't get much weed would you or would you no you the less into thick planting you've got the hang of that yeah no it's good for impact as well isn't it oh yeah yeah so if you can if you can plant in an area of ground quite nicely so Mm. that you've got you haven't got large areas of soil exposed. You're going. You're not going to get the, the amount of weeds. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and and obviously on that subject, sort of ground covery type plants work, that would spread they? out. Yes, and, and suppress the weeds or make them difficult to to take hold. So always ask at your garden centre for ground covery type plants, and then you get the right plant for the right place. Sort of yeah, thing. I think I think ground cover plants have always been the sort of plant that people would ask for because they're good at naturalizing areas as well yeah so they, they do have quite a lot of uses and of course you know one of the ways in in which you can suppress weeds i mean there are other other things as well as we know membranes do you like membranes? so there's membra- <laughs> membranes i don't know i don't you know um i haven't really thought about the, whether well, i like them use, or not you can use membrane <laughs> but i always think if you put a membrane down and you plant through it so often even if you cover it in bark it's inclined to show again isn't it and I don't like the look of membrane. That's personally me, but it does work, doesn't it? It does you can't work. Deny it, it. No, I mean theoretically it works, and I think it depends what you're putting on top of the membrane. So, for example, if you if you've got pathways which you have had in the past bad weed problems with, oh, right. put down a weed suppressant matting, then put you know you you'll need a good you know a good two so. yeah I was going to say two inches plus of of gravel or pea shingle or something that would help that would be nice yeah now talking of paths i mean you know i know my driveway gets a, a quite a bit of weed in mm. and then of course you've got around the back of the house oh, i mean how do we get, how do we get rid of, you don't want to scrape them out that's boring no isn't it? and they always seem to appear don't they in the cracks even if you hadn't noticed any cracks you go to the weed and, oh yeah that's a crack there that's how that weed's got there really annoying and and it, it you're right it's, it would be very awkward to go around with a knife or one of these scraper things to to get them all out so Again, just using a, a weed killer, something like Path Patio and Drive, which is a, a systemic weed killer, which would certainly take out a wide variety of weeds keep during the season. Keep them clear for a long time, wouldn't keep it? Keep them clear for a while. And also, because they are in cracks and crevices, they're not going to... Weeds are less likely to come back as quickly as if it was like an open bed, open mm. bed because mm. they'd actually have to lodge down in, in between the cracks the other bit I, I, we mustn't ignore <coughs> talking about because if you've got a deck and there's no membrane or anything stopping weed come up you can sometimes get them under there as well can't you, you can get them under there and then, then they pop up through yeah. the decking so again you'd use the same <laughs> weed killer wouldn't you you'd, you'd need to use a probably a concentrate perhaps where you could maybe apply it with a watering can and then you could perhaps 
try and get underneath as, as much as you can. You could spray it. You could, yeah, with a sprayer, absolutely. And then you could also, if you've got the weeds, if, if it's really bad and you have got weeds coming up through the decking, you could spray that as well. My garden's not that bad. Yeah. You know, I know, I wasn't looking at you necessarily, <laughs> but, you know, in that situation, you could. You could so really, yeah. it's a... It's, it's a game of keeping on top of weeds and not letting them take over. Yeah, that's right. I think you need to be aware that particularly this time of the year, we're going to start getting weeds. So be, be on the case. Um, be aware of maybe troubled areas where you're more likely to get weeds coming up. Check the paths and, and patio and driveways and then, and then treat accordingly, either with a weed killer or if you've got lots of time on their hands like you can, just go around with a hoe. Ho, ho, ho an implement that you'll get to know during the course of the spring and summer, I can assure you. Well, that brings us to an end. This April edition, the latest edition of the podcast from World Radio Gardening with Bayer Garden. Thank you for listening and visit our website regularly for details of the next podcast. Come on then, get to work.